Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, mama. Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Good to see the sun after yesterday. What an awful, god-awful day that was yesterday. Anyways, promise of another week is upon us in the playoffs. They ratchet up as we add another one of the winter sports uh, to the viewing here tonight. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We will speak with our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, the Hawkeyes have their spring game coming up this weekend. We'll catch up with uh, with Doc on that. Uh, basketball as well. Big Ten conversation with our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, at 12.05, the beginning of our number two, we'll switch gears to baseball in his regular slot. Uh, right through the end of August when football starts, we push him back to, to Tuesdays. But Matt Snyder recaps the week in baseball. Love this segment. If you're a baseball fan, hope you will too. He writes for CBSSports.com. And then Nick Oson is our final guest here today on Iowa State, who themselves have their spring game uh, coming up this week. We will speak with Nick on all things Iowa State related at 1230 before Trent's plays of the day uh, coming up at about 10 minutes before one o'clock. So lots of sports on TV. Couldn't do much, I'm assuming, outdoors with the family over the weekends, particularly yesterday. But it's not awful. It was bad. And I was in North Iowa, so it was even worse up there. Oh, I was back home in Osage. Uh, I saw some of the pictures. It's brutal. Yeah. It was uh, a lot of weather yesterday Oof. and battled through. Grandma turned 86, so celebrated Grandma's birthday. Good for her. And uh, I was doing the math on the way home. I'm like, holy crap. My grandma, mm-hmm. when I was born, I'm the oldest in the Kettleson side of the family, was 43. I am 43. Yeah. Uh, Grandpa Trent, when you put not it quite like yet. that, yeah, when when you put it in those terms, kind of a different era, wasn't it? It's, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. It was. Well, happy birthday to Grandma. Yes, eighty six, and hopefully and she's got plenty more. She absolutely does. She's out there doing her thing. She has loved become a Warriors fan. She was so excited Saturday night to get. We went out to dinner with the whole family. We had yeah. twenty five people in this little private room at the uh, sports bar up in in Osage, and she was telling everybody, "We gotta get home. We gotta get home. We gotta watch the Warriors." Yeah, the Warriors they should have stayed because my grandma is as big of a sports fan as you will find. Isn't that something? Yeah, my grandpa Dean uh, passed away when I was six, eighty six, and he was my love of sport came from both my grandpas and especially Grandpa Dean and. The stories of me laying on his belly watching the games he would have back before two TV setups, he'd have two TVs and the Iowa game be on the radio, wouldn't be on TV. He had the radio there and the TV next to it. You have the color TV and the black and white. Oh, those were the days. He was a huge Cleveland Browns fan. That's where my Browns affinity came from and my hatred of the Broncos because right after he passed was uh-huh. the, uh, the two. The drive, the fumble. Yes, you could pick games. whichever one. And uh, But my grandma is into it. I mean, she's got questions for me all the time. She watches everything that you could possibly imagine. And I told her about a decade ago. She's like, you know, I just can't watch the I said, watch the Warriors, Grandma. It was before their first run, but I said, watch the Warriors. I think you'll enjoy them. She does, and now she's a huge Warriors hmm. fan. And had to get home so we could watch the Warriors game Saturday night. Well, went to the Kings is uh, the Warriors. Um, look, Steph Curry did his thing. I mean, you want to get finished with north of 30 or right around there. Anyways, That good shot show. making late in the game. It's incredible. That was the best game of the weekend. Uh, was it the best game of the weekend? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the Lakers... Um, the Grizz was good. I think you're probably right, Trent. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I think so. Just that shot making yeah. in the last five, six minutes yep. of the game. 
It was just so incredible. Mm-hmm. That quarter three from Steph, that, oh, let's get a hit off the top of the backboard. No, he'll just make it. Yeah, of course he will. <laughs> now, the Milwaukee game stunk injuries were the big yeah. part of that. You know what? The Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix um, um, Clippers game was pretty good, too. That was entertaining. It the, was entertaining. That's going to be a good series. It is. Basketball was good this weekend. It really it's funny, was. Huh? We don't watch a lick of it <laughs> right. during the regular season. And this year, Christmas included because mm-hmm. it was NFL. Uh, but when the playoffs roll around, you, you find yourself back into it very, very quickly. Watching Kawhi doing his thing. And especially late in the basketball game. I mean, those two threes that he hit late, uh, and the owner, Balmer, jumping out of his chair. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was squirming and going nuts. He was into it. It was fun. It was a fun weekend. It really was. Didn't end very well last night. I, that I was stayed brutal. with that thing. Did you really? Thank God I did. Six minutes left, and I just, I can't. They were so, the T Wolves, if you yeah, wonder what right. I'm speaking of, so out of sorts. Uh, just Ted Towns was god awful. Yeah. Just terrible. Whole team. Just bad. They need, and I don't know how they can do it, Trent. This team needs to, you need to blow it up. I yeah. really believe this. They, they screwed it up. Man, that's the worst trade in the history of sports. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. Does the GM survive this? Shouldn't. Should already be gone. Right. Should already be gone. I mean, you are just, you're tied to this trade through the next decade or into the next decade. We're not even halfway through this decade. Right. This thing's going to sting for a long time. Uh, anyways, uh, more of it tonight. The NHL starts out tonight. How about the Iowa Wild? Good yes. for them for the second time in franchise history. They find themselves in the playoffs. I remember the first time, and I remember the buzz around hockey in Des Moines because it warmed my heart seeing what this market <laughs> has become and could become when playoff hockey gets around the building. They had great crowds. Um and hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll get through the first round and kind of extend this run out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Calder Cup run, playoff hockey, There's for my money, I get it. You guys get it. You know where I'm from. There's nothing like it. It is just uh, it's an incredible postseason. And it starts here locally, and it starts uh, nationally with the NHL getting underway here tonight. And buckle the heck up. Your Jets play tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. How about the Minnesota Wild? This is going to be a good series. Trent. Okay. It's going to be. I, I think it is anyway. Um, obviously, we're rooting for the Wild to knock off the Stars, who had a terrific season. Uh, Kaprizov is back. I think Gustafson's got a start in goal. Joel Eriksson has missed a bunch of hockey down the stretch. They need him. He's their second uh, center iceman. Um, and he's good, and he's a he's a big he's a big dude. He's hard to move out from under the, in front of the net. I, I think they got a chance. I really do. I hope I hope that they can advance. You know, you want this series to really matter. You want it to be important and get even more people into hockey. Yeah. How about this? You know, we we see this all the time. Governors or mayors, and they have the stupid oh the bets. Yeah, we'll we'll send you right. We'll send you fifty of our best steaks, and uh, we'll send we're famous for strawberries. That, yeah. that stupid crap. Yeah. Let's have this for the name. This playoff series, Minnesota gets their name back. They get to be the oh, North Stars again. so that's on the line. Put that on the line. Whew. All right, you think you get some casual fans, you put that, and we get to a Game 6 or Game 7, and the Stars, <laughs> the, the Dallas Stars. The stars yes. you, you keep the stores, Stars, or we get the North yes. Stars. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it should have been the case. It should have been. Yeah. Well, it should have never left. No. Nope, it should have been like, back to the Cleveland Browns. I, you're preaching the choir. That name should have never left Minnesota. Yep. yep. You're right. And stupid wild. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a dumb name. And so are the colors, to be honest with you. The Christmas colors. Christmas colors. Red and green. The, 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 previ- the, 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 uh, the old logo. And when they bring it back and when they have the colors, at least. Well, you'll be are- in style because you've been wearing the North Stars hat forever. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of that, you know, you got me a gift card for my birthday. Yes, I finally I did. purchased it. And 
My North Stars hat is a little frayed. Seen better days. I use that gift card and I'm getting a new one. It's, it's on its way right now. I was looking at the shipping information. So I'll have a brand new North Stars. No wild hat for me. Nope. Brand new North Stars. Break that bad boy in. Uh, baseball from over the weekend. You know what? My maybe biggest, uh, the thing that stuck with me from a good, a fun weekend of baseball. Um, Fun weekend. I'm glad the Claxons, both of them, that uh, seemingly everybody went the other way on, that the Braves did indeed sweep the Royals mm-hmm. and that Jays beat, uh, beat the Rays to win the series. But my bigger takeaway was what happened at Yankee Stadium on Saturday, in which was an absolute abomination of how the rules should be enforced. Um, and what we're talking about, the New York Yankees pitcher, Herman is his last name, who in his previous start struck out zero Guardians. Mm-hmm. None. Not one. Not a strikeout. Hard to do for a starting pitcher. Right? Yes. Uh, Didn't strike out a Guardian. Takes the mound for a second start, uh, or start rather, right after that on Saturday against the Minnesota Twins, and he's dealing. He's through five. He's got the big goose egg up there. No hitting these Minnesota Twins. Bigger story than that. A guy that struck out zero in his previous start, he struck out ten. Ten Twins in five innings. Out of 15 outs. Right. 15 outs, ten of them. Ring them up. Umpire comes out, mm-hmm. checks his hand, finds an illegal substance. There is a foreign substance. There is a foreign substance on his hand. He's cheating. The umpire, you could read his lips, wash it off. Go back, wash it off between innings. He is given orders by the umpire to wash the illegal system, uh, the illegal substance, the foreign. Substance, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. on his hand. He comes back to the mound. He's checked again. Well, I'll be damned. He's still got the substance. So what happens? Nothing. Not Nothing. Well, Rocco Bedelli you know was, was ejected. Well, yeah, the, the Twins manager was, was <laughs> yes. tossed out. A guy is given a chance to wash the illegal substance off his hands, and he doesn't do it, and he's caught again, and he gets to stay in the game. If that was a Tampa Bay Raid, did that happen? Against Tampa, you mean? No, no, no. If Oh, God, no. No. No, no. If that was a San Francisco Giant, a Seattle Mariner. No, Kansas City Royal games at Kauffman. (laughs) Yep. No. Yankee Stadium. It's... It's just incredulous to me that the that they changed the rules. He should have been kicked out the first time. This is from the Major League Baseball rules. Any pitcher who possesses or applies foreign substances will be subject to immediate ejection mm-hmm. from the game and suspended automatically in accordance with the rules. Not only did he not get thrown out of the game, he got another opportunity to right the wrong. And still had something on his hands. Yes. And got to remain in the game. And got to remain in the game. And as you said, the, pl- the person that got kicked out of the game was the manager of the other team for complaining that the refs are bungling the call. It's incredible. I, I couldn't. I, I was just dumbfounded. You hate umpires. I do hate umpires. And by the way, the Cubs caught a huge break at the end. Did you see the final? Yeah. The final three outs yesterday. Yeah. My God, Boxberger never threw a strike. <laughs> three strikeouts. Three strikeouts. Not one of them was a strike. <laughs> What are you close? I was watching the, uh, you know, they have like the 10 minute recap. Yeah. That's, that's what I was watching at that last night. I went, whoa, whoa, <laughs> right. whoa. It's like bang, bang, bang. Uh-huh. Not close, not I, close, I, not close. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I was watching. It, it's time. It's just time. They've been bad all year. This just wasn't this one game. It's just, it's just, it's terrible. See the Florida Gators game from over the weekend, speaking of the ump show? No. Um, 
a Gator pitcher struck, I don't even know who they were playing. Uh, he was in a jam, mm-hmm. struck out a guy, celebrated the strikeout, gave one, yeah, tossed. Bottom of the inning, Gator hits a home run. He walked from third to home stoically, didn't raise his hand, didn't celebrate it at all, mm-hmm. just wanted to show the umpire that, you know what, you SOB, um, <laughs> Uh, it's a pretty good theory. We f- you should find the clip. I will. I'm not doing it justice, but yeah, just the ump show continues to wreak havoc on on baseball and particularly at the big level. Maybe you're onto something here with the robo bumps. It's just time, Trent. These yeah. guys are getting worse instead of better. You know, and I, I mean, everybody that's listened to us understands my concern is you know the the pitches that aren't really strikes. They can configure that, right? I hope they'll, they'll be able to figure out a system. Where I hope that ball, the slider that clips the edge, yeah. and it ends up four feet outside. That's mm-hmm. not a strike. Right, but in, it clips the very corner of it. Right, for a brief second, and then, as you said, ends up three feet outside. There has to be a little bit more that's in there for breaking balls, either mm-hmm. you know, sinkers, split finger pitches, those kind of things that completely fall off. Yeah, they caught the bottom of the zone, but there's no way you're hitting that thing. No, same kind of thing. Figure that out. Get it figured out in the minor leagues this year, and I'm getting there with oh, you. Oh boy! Now, Robo Umps. They will not be able to figure out, or maybe they will. They'll they'll see the foreign substance, automatic ejection, because how that played out Saturday, it was terrible. I don't understand Nor how do that I. possibly how it can happen. And and were we going to see more? Is there going to be a story that comes out today from Major League Baseball that they blew it, explaining their position? Umpire blew it. This is actually what it was. It wasn't a foreign substance. Uh-huh. It was X Y Z. Whatever it is, he was told to go wash it off your hands. But we need an explanation. Yes, we need something. Minimum. Did was there a pool reporter that was granted access to the umpire room? I didn't look. I didn't see any stories. Yeah, on it. and I, I would guess that you know the athletic had somebody there. I'm going to guess that there were plenty of oh, twins. It's New York Yankee. I mean, yeah, was, the press box is full. I would guess that there was plenty of people, even Minnesota people, uh-huh. that are probably more willing to ask those questions as opposed to the Yankee ones. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, unbelievable. All right. So the NBA was it was great over the weekend. We'll get uh, we'll get into that here this morning. Um, baseball from over the weekend, good, but now it takes a little bit of a respite. I think just because of the fact that these uh, both of these playoffs and good for the Iowa Wild. We'll get Ben Gislason on here likely tomorrow. Um, if his schedule allows, I want to. I want to pump up this this story. I want mm-hmm. to do our best to, you know, put some fannies in seats down at Wells Fargo Arena because it's been a long time, and the last time the playoffs were here, there was truly a buzz. There really was. Uh, let's get Mark in here. Uh, Mark, welcome to the program. What would you like to discuss this morning? Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. You bet. Uh, I love the show, and I love I love you, Trent. But this is twice in a week I've heard you say what is and isn't a strike. Mm-hmm. I'm just totally. Totally confused. I think a strike is if any part of the ball goes over the imaginary box that projects up from the home plate and across from the, let's say, armpits or knees, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If any part of the ball touches any part of that fictitious three-dimensional figure, that's a strike, isn't it? To the letter of the law, absolutely. But you understand what I'm what? saying, though, Mark. The, the, well, the slider. I, the slider is a perfect example. You're right-handed pitcher, right-handed batter. It is sweeping well across from the batter. It clips right across his home plate and hits that box. It gets the lower level, left level of the strike zone. Yet it ends up in the left-handed batter's box, three feet over. Well, that's not a strike. You can't hit that ball. You literally cannot well, hit that pitch. 
Well, yeah, but isn't that? I mean, if shouldn't we reward the pitcher for being able to throw a strike that's unhittable? I mean, that's that's beauty right there. Mm-hmm. Up and in, same thing. You know, behind the strikes, up and in is the same thing, right? Right under his armpit, but it it catches a little bit of it. I'm with you, Mark. Uh, The the 3D aspect of it is something that, I mean, Trent makes the argument. I don't counter it because could be right. I want to see that box, but if it gets a little bit of the strike zone. Did you see the end of the Cubs game yesterday? Did you happen to be watching that? No, but I need to go back and look. Oh, my God, it's embarrassing. It's just terrible. I mean, these are. You're talking about. These are human called strikes, and none of them were. Well, none of them. None of them were close. I'm not. Were they I'm not. Strikes? No, they were called balls. Ball? Yeah, they they were balls, oh. but they were called strikes. Yes, he rung them up. I mean, they weren't swinging strikes. No, 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 no. rung them up. Okay. Huh? Can't, you, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. It. You know, it, we hear so much like in basketball how basketball is not officiatable anymore, and mm-hmm. you wonder if we're getting that way with baseball, and I, or are we just so spoiled that we. I think there's perfection. There's technology. Not, but... Yeah, it's technology. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. think there's Mark, probably going to be... The, uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. It's. I think there just needs to be work that's going to be put in. We talked to Randy Way over last week, and they're getting ready to see it at the minor league level at AAA this season. I just think there's going to be tweaks that are going to have to be made. It's not automatic. And I get a kick where, oh, did you see that pitch? And then there's other boxes that are out there that are more advanced than what you see when you're watching Marquee or you're watching Valley Sports or whatever. And the ones that are a little more advanced, the one that looked like on TV that it was a strike actually wasn't Mm -hmm. when you get into those more advanced ones. Well, when we get to that advanced level, how many of those advances are we going to see? So I, I just believe there's going to be tweaking, but... I'm coming along your side. Well, go watch the bottom of the ninth, folks. Uh, yes. like just, uh, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> Cubs Dodgers. It's is. Can you find? Um, is there a, a retweetable link that you've come across? I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, because it's just awful. Here comes Boxberger into the game. Here, here's the highlight of the end of the game from yesterday. And how far? And how far is the pitch missed by? Here's the first Pitching one. Change here in L.A. Boxberger tasked with trying to finish this one off. In there, got him looking. That one was Peralta decently frozen. close. But, but not butter ball, though. Inside, Inside by three and inches. says no way. And he's frustrated with Sean Barber, but they're two away. That's his safe tying run is on. 0-2 on Freeman. Two outs, bottom nine. Bets at first. In there, got him looking. It's low by three game. inches. It's not even close. The first one was decently close. But a ball. But a ball. Yes. From the box, it was definitely a yep. ball. It was both low and yep. outside. And Haywards was inside and not even three or four or five inches. It was at the belt and three inches inside. Yep. And then the last one. is almost in the dirt. Three inches low. Ring him up. I don't know. They have a plane to catch. Take that, Bowen Camp. <laughs> well, John tweeted too, and they need, no, he normally doesn't. No. The fan, his fandom got up, got up with Bowen Camp lately, or at least yesterday. Anyways, good stuff, not good stuff by the umpires. No, it is time, and I think we're headed uh, in that direction. Iowa, Iowa State this week both going to play their spring games. Mm-hmm. Um, did you look at the forecast, by the way? What's I the, hadn't. No, me, I'm going to look real quick here. I mean, I got. Um, well, after I this past weekend, we, we deserve something, right? That was awful. Wasn't that terrible? Yeah, it was bad. Oh, God. The high in Des Moines on Saturday, windy in 42. Yuck! That's not good. So let's go all the way north to Ankeny. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Ankeny on Saturday is the going to be 
Same. Yeah, Windy okay. and 42. So Ames not looking much better. Nothing. I'm guessing Iowa City the same way. It's yeah. just bloody awful. Uh, but Spring in Iowa. Yeah. 85 on Thursday, and I was driving through snow on Sunday. Mm. Uh, real quick, BJ Mack is on his way to Iowa City. He got out of Alabama without committing. Well, officially was, committing. Well, yeah. But an upset, though, fair. I mean, there was. I mean, I think when uh, we had Tom in on Saturday, mm-hmm. I got the. Uh, I got the gist that both you or Tom both felt. You know what? I don't know if he's going to make it here. He got here. Yeah. So that's a step, at least a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Now, did he leave Alabama with a wink and a nod already? That's what we don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, he arrived in Iowa City last night. So what's he going to do? Is he going to compare the two? Well, this is the offer I got here. What can you guys do? I think that'll be a big part of it, <laughs> no negotiate. doubt. Yeah, that's going to be a part of the negotiation and what they have. And we'll see what <laughs> Iowa Swarm can come up, come up with with him. So different, isn't it? Fran has been a big proponent, though, of everybody basically getting the same. You know, He doesn't yeah. want his guys that have been there for three, four, five mm-hmm. years and say, Oh, sorry, here comes this new guy. We're going to give him a lot more. That's just not how he wants to build his program. Again, That's not the but way he wants but to is that realistic, though? Probably not. Uh-huh. Probably not. I don't nope. think it is. We'll see. The thing about B.J. Mack, and one of the reasons that he wanted to go to Iowa, is he has seen what they've done with forwards. From, obviously, the Burry Twins, going back to Garza, what they do with big guys, and what they've been able to do with kind of offensive big guys, and how good that is. So, it's up to Freya now. The Swarm's kind of its own thing, mm-hmm. right? All right. We'll see what the offer is. And if it's a difference between... Hey, in Iowa City, we think we can get you two hundred thousand. We're not going to get you five hundred thousand that you get at LSU or Alabama, right? But we can get you this. You're going to be in good shape, uh-huh. and this is what we can also do to maybe get you to the league. Uh-huh. You go to Alabama, you might be playing sixteen minutes a game. You're going to play thirty-two here. Yeah, there's and, something to be said for playing time. And we're going to showcase your skills uh-huh. offensively, not defensively. Offensively, <laughs> no, that's that, that's optional in Iowa right. City. <laughs> That's something different. Not going to happen at Iowa City, but that is what you have to paint. And is that realistic anymore? Is it easier? Playing time, Trent's always been a great equalizer. Yeah. I, 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 I firmly believe that. I think your point is well taken. Look, you're, you're going to get more money, but you're not going to play as much. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you won't get the opportunity to showcase to the level that we think you can if you come here. You're playing in the Big Ten. You're playing in the SEC. Two both good conferences, basketball-wise. Um, yeah, I think playing time might... If it's close, if it's I close. think playing time is the deciding factor. But it's also hard to say down. Say it is that two hundred thousand. Well, you can double it playing. That's kind yeah. of hard to say no to, too. Right? I agree, especially when you're twenty two yeah. years old. Right. It's a pretty good jump start in your yep. life, and that might be the most money you ever make in a year. It, it very well could. It uh-huh. probably will be. Probably would be for a guy like that. Yep. Hard to say no to that mm-hmm. direction. One other Iowa note I got to throw out. My dude, Brevin Dahl, makes his commitment yes, to Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. So how yeah. many times did you see him play? Oh, well, in person, I haven't. Oh, I thought you did a game of theirs last no, year. No, was, it was on the schedule at one point, didn't work okay. out, but never have seen him in person. Saw him at the Dome, uh, saw him play at the Unidome, but grew up with, well, his mom was one of my best friends. She's in my grade. We were in first grade together all the way through high school. Uh, Shailen, one of my best friends. Her husband, Adam, was a couple years older than us, played basketball with Adam, uh, him very well, me very poorly, <laughs> but uh, Adam's still one of my best friends. We make it to Iowa City, try once a year to go over to a basketball game. They always come to our tailgate when they come over to Iowa City, and just incredibly cool. I, I've known Brevin since he was a baby, hmm. and now he's going to be an Iowa Hawkeye. Is he as fast as everybody says he is? Yeah, track speed's incredible. Is that right? Yeah, he won, he won the 200 as a freshman. Huh. 
so he has legitimate track speed. And he will be completing a competing rather on the blue oval here coming up? Uh, he has not gone through track. He's dealing with a bit of an gotcha. injury right now and not sure exactly where he's going to be. He has not uh, run competitively yet in track this year. So we'll see what he's able to do on that front. But incredible family. Incredible young man. That, that'll great. be one you're going to have to help me out a little bit. Yeah. If, if we got to say something negative or something doesn't go well, it's going to be difficult yeah, for me. leave a mark. Huh? Yes, but uh, Adam, his dad, he texted me Saturday morning and said, don't say anything yet, but Brev uh, called the coaches Friday night. That's great. And made his commitment. And just to see people that I've known forever. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and having their, their kids going to be a Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Not a walk-on, which no. is fine. But sure. A scholarship athlete. You had told me that when Brevin was a little kid running around. Come on. That, that, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy for him. Happy for the family, obviously. And I think the Hawks probably got themselves a pretty good haul. Well, we'll get into Scott Dockerman. More on the Hawkeyes coming up here. Oh, in uh, four or five minutes, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. He's going to chat baseball with us at 12.05. And then Nick Oson on Iowa State coming up at 12.30. Right now, it is time for another $1,000 home run. KXNO still looking for its first winner. Has there been a winner in the building in this contest? I haven't seen an email yet from anybody. Let's get going, Des Moines. Let's go. Let's start it with Miller and Condon right uh, now. It'd be nice. KXNO.com. Pop-up box will appear. Type the keyword win. Win at KXNO.com. Win. KXNO.com. Somebody's going to win $1,000. We'd love it for it to be you. KXNO.com. Win. Another one coming up. Uh, in about an hour from now, and then all throughout the afternoon is Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, it goes local right through 6 o'clock, as we do every Monday through Friday from 11 until 6. Of course, the morning show gets you going from 6 until 8. We're Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Proofing.net. Now, back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Uh, Scott Dockerman coming up momentarily, hour two. Matt Snyder on baseball, CBSSports.com for Matt. Uh, and then Nick, Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State. Scott Dockerman covers parking lots. I'm just kidding, Doc. I don't. I didn't want to. I I couldn't it's help Monday. myself. It's Monday. You got to turn the knife a little further, uh, Doc. I I I didn't envy you this weekend trying to um, not defend yourself, but just you know go back and forth on Twitter. Man, oh man, some people love to get set upset over the silliest things, don't they? No kidding. Um, I thought, all right, well, this is the Regents' docket just came out. Yeah. I'll take screenshots of uh, what the parking lot. What they're planning to do with it, move on, and some people might be interested in the news aspect. But as we learned, there is a reason why that uh, <laughs> thousands of Iowa fans circled the top of the concourse four minutes to go. Is they they get upset if they lose, they enjoy if they win, but uh, the most important part of your day is getting to your car and getting on the road home. 
So <laughs> unreal. Anyways, I don't want to talk about it, Doc. Yeah. But I do where I do want to start with you, and it's kind of not old news, but it's been a while. Uh, certainly, we haven't spoken about it. Uh, Tony Petiti is the new Big Ten commissioner. He's not officially on the job yet. That's coming out, I think, mid May. Uh, I, I believe he was a a candidate in the uh, the Kevin prior to Kevin Warren getting the gig. That was a name that I was told was certainly getting a long look. Uh, Kevin Warren ultimately got the job, but Petiti is now uh, in that spot. Your thoughts, Doc? It, uh, I wouldn't say that it came out of nowhere, but it wasn't necessarily one that it's not a traditional hire. And I was kind of thinking that, at least from what I was told, that a lot of the administrators around the Big Ten were kind of hoping for maybe more somebody who came on the academic side or the athletic side. Uh, but, you know, Petiti is outside of um you know, the, the Big Ten or, you know, he's hasn't been an AD or anything like that. But that said, when you start to really look at his background, he has dealt with college sports right. on a, on a uh, substantial basis. I mean, going back to his days uh, with ABC, that he was a primary focus and when they formed the BCS. And before people go, oh, that's terrible. Well, before the BCS was um, – <laughs> It was the good Votes. old days. Of, you, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 with their bowl games that they didn't play against the other teams with bowl games, uh, at least for the, the championship. So uh, he's really... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, you know, a good candidate. I think it's a comes at a good time for everybody. For Kevin Warren to go on to the Bears, I think that's probably his stronger area. And then, uh, and then of course, Tony Petiti probably will help. Um, build a little bit more cohesiveness among the Big Ten institutions. Television, obviously, a huge part of his background, and that's kind of what these college commissioners now are becoming is TV guys more than anything. It's just such an important part of what they do day to day. The lingering question is the future of the conference and even further expansion as we keep an eye on the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and what's going to happen there. What about Oregon and Washington? I mean, it's a great unknown with his thoughts on it, but when you talk just generally the Big Ten do you think that's a likely scenario, be it three, five, ten years down the line, that the Ducks and the Huskies join the Big Ten? It's a great question, Trent. It's not one that I'm capable of answering at this point. I, I do think, though, that that was something that Kevin Warren wanted to do was have more expansion, whereas uh, the presidents uh, in, of the universities were not as interested in that. And partially it was a, a lot of travel concerns, and then also it was financial that – uh, they were not going to bring, like USC and UCLA brought in a windfall financially. Um, those two teams do not. And, uh, and then you top, you know, you, you, you know, put on top of it the fact that, okay, our, uh, tennis team is going to have to go to Washington or Oregon and the softball teams, the baseball teams and what have you. And that's, that's really, call, you know, a lot of university presidents have a lot of concerns about that. So I think what we'll see. Here is status quo for the Big Ten uh, for the short period of time, and then I, I could see some, you know, some question marks going forward as to whether or not they'll want to expand. Uh, that 
to me, though, is, is, is kind of secondary and underlying. The most important and most interesting thing is what happens between the Big 12 and the Pac-12, because this is the first time I can remember the Big 12 being an absolute aggressor yep. um, and not, not picked off. And I think they're in a great place right now because they have really like-minded institutions. They have a fun league and multiple sports, and they have the opportunity that if they don't expand, it's not going to hurt them. But if they do, it's going to only help them whereas the Pac-12 is completely playing defense. And knowing that those institutions you mentioned, Trent, and among others, uh, have their eyes on different leagues, I think that they're in complete protect mode. And uh, so it should build for a really interesting and fascinating summer. I couldn't agree with you more, Doc. I think that uh, and that is the timeline as I see it as well. So I want to uh, go to one of the pieces you wrote earlier in the week, uh, pursuant to the draft. We know you were at the Combine, you cover it, and... Uh, I, I, I thought it was a really good read, and what I'm referring to is the most overlooked players uh, from the Big Ten uh, that will hear their name or are likely to hear their name at some point in the draft uh, a week from Thursday night and then through the weekend. And the two I want to focus on, first of all, and, and they're both Big Ten West guys, so we see them more than the guys that uh, you know uh, the uh, in, in the East. But Mohamed Ibrahim, uh, the running back for the Gophers, he was such a difference maker, and, and yeah, he had to come back from that uh, injury in week number one from a couple of years ago. I want to say it was against Ohio State, but he did. Um, he he was, I mean, in some years, the entire offense, right, ran through Muhammad Ibrahim. I, I, Pacheco goes in the seventh round last year to Kansas City uh, from Rutgers, had a phenomenal rookie season. I think Ibrahim will have a similar kind of career arc right off the bat. Um, am I crazy to think that? He's going to get a chance, isn't he? Absolutely. You're exactly right, Ken. And I think, you know, one of the things is when you watch him play, it's a little bit different than when you stand next to him. Because when he plays bigger than his weight, his height, everything like that. I mean, watch that game against Iowa last year, and he was like a hammer. I, I called him like baby beast mode. He reminded me of Marshawn Lynch. And I think, you know, because of his age, because of the, the wear on the tread, tread of his tires, I think in some ways you expect him to probably not have a very long career. But that doesn't mean it can't be impactful. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned with, uh, you know, with Pacheco going to Kansas City, I mean, with Ibrahim, he could go to a lot of different spots. And all of a sudden in November, you're like, wow, this guy can really play in the cold weather. He's physical. He's downhill. Um, you know, where speed isn't necessarily the biggest thing you need out of a running back. It's more balance and, and uh, you know, feel. So I think he could have a really big impact for over a four- to five-year period. And if you're – thinking about a sixth or seventh rounder, I mean, you could do a lot worse. He's not a boomer bust guy. He's more of a guy that you kind of see what is what you get, and I think he'd be a perfect fit for a lot of teams late in the draft. Excuse me, at the Athletic Doc, you uh, talked a little bit about cornerbacks today, and uh, last week in TJ Hall, we remember, of course, the memories of the Nebraska game. One thing that I have maintained throughout this is it was not good. He looked bad in that game. But we have seen so many guys that have struggled at cornerback early in their career and turn out to be incredible guys. And well, we can talk about one that'll hear his name called you know. here in a little over two weeks in Riley Moss. And there's been plenty of other examples that struggle early on, figure it out, and become excellent guys. What are your thoughts on TJ Hall? And then the other one, Jamari Harris comes back after an injury plague 2022. Yeah, how many guy- games did he play? Good question. Doc, how many games was it in a guy that many. seems like to have a lot of upside? Jamari didn't play any last year. He was out the entire season. So he's, he's stepping off uh, off of his two, 2021 season where he had four interceptions, and uh, he was really the 
the fourth cornerback. But as you remember, or might remember, you know, Riley Moss hurt his knee and tore his PCL. Then, then Matt Hankins was hurt. And then uh, Terry Roberts got hurt. And then eventually he did as well. Uh, but he played his best game in that against Kentucky in that Citrus Bowl. He had a late interception that really could have led to the victory had Iowa converted on a third and short or decided to go for it on fourth and short. Uh, but I think he's got the opportunity to be that next really good uh, corner alongside another one who's in that same ballpark in Cooper DeGene because uh, Jamari Harris has is, is got really long arms, he, you know, really kind of thick, strong body, even though he's uh, still pretty wiry. I, I thought he was really ascending then, and I think he will now. And now he's got a little bit more maturity to him. You can really tell from talking to him. Uh, you know, TJ Hall, yeah, he played a poor game, but, you know, I'd also remember Riley Moss, as you alluded mm-hmm. to, Trent, against Purdue in 2018. <laughs> yes, that was he got bad. <laughs> um, and, you know, he dealt with it. And, yep. and TJ said, hey, people came up to me and said, Riley, same thing happened to Riley. And I would argue that, you know, and I don't know, maybe that was partially a coaching fail. I mean, why do you leave a true freshman mm. making his first significant action alone against a guy who's probably going to go in the third round, the fastest receiver in the draft, <laughs> right? And uh, Trey Palmer, that was, you know, maybe you might want to uh, play over the top of him a little bit more. So anyway, you know, I, I think he's got the, the chutz butt to get past that. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen it before. All, all, all young defenders have some struggling mm-hmm. moments. And uh, it, it, it's just a cornerback thing become very prominent very quickly. But I, I would expect him to probably be the number three corner this year. And then, um, you know, if uh, if both or one of, bo- of the two decide to go to the next level after next year, I think T.J. Hall walks in as a starter. How about that? Let's go to Friday night, Doc. You were at uh, Pentecrest. There's a... Whole lot of people there with you as the uh, as the women's team, the Hawkeye women's team was uh, celebrated. Uh, boy, ten thousand people estimated showed up for that event. Uh, Doc looked as though the uh, the team certainly had a blast, and the fans were right there with them. Yeah, it was a great event for everyone involved. It was good to see because one thing you worry about when you don't do something like that immediately is will the fans respond? You know, when when they came back from Texas and everybody was all excited. But you wait a week and a half, do people go, well, yeah, I don't know, and, and don't show up. No, they showed up in droves. And uh, there were, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gary Bart estimated at 10,000. That was my estimate as well. Uh, packed in, uh, you know, and really what's interesting is when you see little boys um, walking around with Caitlin Clark shirts, awesome. you know how much of a transcendent figure she is yeah. in, in sports, not just collegiate sports, not just women's basketball, but sports in general. And uh, And she has that kind of... Uh, you know, charisma up on the stage of the dais. She's channeling her inner George Kittle. I mean, she's really riling up the fans. And um, you know, Lisa Bluter looks just so appreciative of everybody there. It was it was really a nice moment, I think, for the team. What are you hearing in the transfer portal with the one open scholarship for the women's team? Anything buzzing right now? Uh, I think everybody's kind of looking around at a post. I. You know, I, I talked to Jan Jensen last week, and, and she said, you know, we're not – we're like everybody else in, at Iowa. We're not going to live in the portal. And that was before uh, uh, Wetterling decided to hit the portal. But, you know, that that is the one spot of concern. I mean, you know, Zanano is a, a draft pick in the WNBA, and, and you know, she's our second-leading scorer. That That's something that they – it's hard to just find somebody that, that could replicate that, what she did. So – uh, but I, I assume that's probably the path they're going to go. Addie O'Grady had a nice, uh, filled in nicely for her at times. But, you know, 
Zanana was a special player. And then, you know, let's not forget about McKenna Warnock either as that power forward type stretch four. She was a tremendous three point shooter. So they've got to, they've got to replace quite a bit, but they're in the, you know, in the high sixties in both, uh, points, rebounds, and uh, and minutes returning in this this team. So I think they'll still be okay. As uh, much as you like to seemingly, Doc, I could be wrong, maybe you're doing it because your editors make you do it, (laughs) but you really get into this draft um, with the combine and then, you know, kind of uh, projecting where these players um, are, are going to end up, what round, etc. Is that um, something that maybe down the road you might want to delve into more time? Not saying that you want to take Dane Brutler's spot at the Athletic, who does a really good job. Yeah. Uh, but how much do you enjoy trying to uh, uh, forecast this draft and really get into it and understand it? Because you do a really good job at it, I think. Well, well, thank you. I do enjoy it. I always have. I mean, I, I remember, uh, I think it was in, Sixth grade in Indianola, uh, went to Indianola Middle School, it was only a couple blocks away, and I was late to school because I was watching the draft, and it was at 7 a.m. on a Tuesday. So, uh, you know, I guess I can chart it up back to, you know, almost 40 years ago that I was, uh, I started to get into it. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's, it's the perfect marriage between the two most popular sports in this country. Yep. I mean, everybody likes talent acquisition, and, you know, it's the same reason why, you know, it, People who are maybe Vikings or or Bears or Chiefs or Packers fans will watch it, and they they're also Hawkeye fans or Cyclone fans, and and there's reasons for that because they want to see their team draft somebody from their team, and I think that's really uh, you know really an, an interesting dynamic, and like all week I'm I just I did SECs today that they're uh, overlooked prospects, and tomorrow's the Big Twelve, and so I'm doing that all week, and then. Um, for draft night, uh, draft first two nights of the draft, I'm doing great. So I'm, I'm nice. kind of stretching out beyond Iowa. So I'm, I'm definitely full go on the draft, and and Iowa is kind of a small part of my range with the next few weeks. Doc, one final thing from me earlier today at the Athletic. Stuart Mandel had an article talking about Army is going away from the triple option, and they're going to be running things out of shotgun. They have had to evolve and change what they do schematically. Too bad. Because of the influence of cut blocking being taken away from anything inside Mm -hmm. the tackle box. Transitioning to Iowa, still the zone blocking scheme, though not the triple option. A lot of cut blocking involved. Is it time for Kirk Ferentz to maybe make a call to Coach Munkin and say, hey, if you guys are going away, maybe zone blocking anymore doesn't make a lot of sense for Iowa. Your takeaways. I like zone blocking. I still think it works, but the one thing you're going to have to incorporate a little bit more is misdirection, and that's where Iowa has lacked at times. You know, I've, I've done a lot of looking at what they do with jet sweeps, and uh, mis- and and it's really been a good, solid part of Iowa's running game when they incorporate jet sweeps. Even the motion of it, it forces the second level to take a a different step or, or watch with their eyes, and it allows for them to get into blocks whereas the cup blocking they weren't able to do as much anymore. So I think that it's not as much of a zone blocking. It's just you have to evolve and not cup block as much because the cup blocking, it's not the illegal parts of it. It's the interpretation. And I've seen a couple of really bad calls. Um, you know, they're called, you know, it happened to Iowa last year. Yep. So they are going to incorporate more gap than they have. They did a lot of counters last year. I expect them to do more. But I think they'll still maintain the zone. And, and again, the zone is a really good scheme. It's a sound scheme that a lot of people at the NFL use. It's just a matter of I think you're going to have to use more misdirection to, to make up for the fact that you can't cut block. 
Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. If you enjoy the draft, if you enjoy football, if you enjoy Big Ten, Iowa, uh, he's your guy at The Athletic. Doc, you're going to be busy. Can't wait to pick your brain. The draft starts a week from Thursday. We will speak with you uh, Monday of draft week. Thank you, Doc, as always. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Scott Dockerman, uh, as we catch up with Doc. Two guys, a clone and a hawk. Who are the two fascinating? One on each team. That I that you really want to pay attention to their landing spots and potential success. It's Jack Campbell. That's my guy from the Hawks. I'm totally on board with you. I think he can be great. I think he can too. Because with we saw the measurables, how they showed up. Yeah, he's, he's six foot five. He's six five. Right. And this is not a comp. It's just a memory. Brian Urlacher. What made him so good when they run in the Tampa two when he was there? is the depth that he was able... He was basically like another safety mm-hmm. out there in the passing. Mm-hmm. We know what he was. Yeah, coming up and making plays as a middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. And, do, but, and that was playing in, in college. I mean, he returned punts. <laughs> he, Campbell, with that size uh-huh. and the speed that he has shown and the sideline to sideline, what kind of middle line... Because there just are not middle nope. linebackers built like that anymore. Lucas Van Ness, he'll be able to get to the quarterback and he'll become a three-down player. We'll see. Same thing on the other side when you're talking about Iowa State, McDonald off the edge. Can he become a three-down player? Jack Campbell, those guys will be fine. I don't want to say it, but I want to say it. He could be a five-time Pro Bowler. He could be a guy that we're talking about being coming a generational mm-hmm. player. I think that is in him. And then you throw the leadership quality that he has mm-hmm. and on and on and on. It's Jack Campbell for me. I'm uh, totally in. How about, how about a clone? I want to see... If McDonald more than anything could break the, the, the curse, right. <laughs> the streak, right. not a curse, a streak. Yeah, fifty years. Yeah. I mean, you brought up just how great it would be to see that finally see come it. off the board, yeah. and then one less. So you never have to read about it on a message board again. <laughs> one less arrow and <laughs> right. Hawk Twitter that we have to go through. <laughs> yeah, because you don't come every March and April yeah. when it's going to be the conversation. Yeah, that's again. a good one. I'll, yeah. I'll go there. I'm, I was going to say Xavier Hutchinson. Because I think, I think he could be good. I think he can too. Yeah. Like he's not the fastest receiver. He's not. He's far from it. But boy, oh boy, he's a good player. And, if, and once he gets those hands, um, he's going to bring it in more times than not. We'll see. Take a time out. Come back. Finish the hour. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point hundred bets off. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. A lot of baseball conversation to start our number two. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com will be here, and then we will catch up uh, with Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State. Do you like the slate of games tonight, all the NBA? Just a couple NBA yeah, two games. two games. That's yeah. right, just two tonight. NHL's got a four-pack, baseball. I'm so into Kings Warriors. I, that That's going to be the locked and loaded. Make sure that the schedule what is set What time is that, that, 9.30 tip? Uh, 8.30 our time, or? Let's see here. It is 9 o'clock tip for us tonight. TNT has that one, 6.30 for Sixers Nets. Don't know how much I'll watch of that one. Yeah, um, me, me, likewise. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be uh, locked on the hockey. And we got baseball already going on. Is yeah, it? Uh, did they get started? They did. Yeah, five-one lead early for the Angels. Otani on the bump for LA over the Red Sox. An early home run from Brent Rooker, and that's about it. Well, Otani, um, see the crowd of people around the ballpark trying to get a glimpse of him earlier today. Yeah, not too bad for Otani. He is uh, well. Three strikeouts, the first two innings, giving up no hits. 
has given up in our run, but uh, on a walk. But he also has two hits in the game. <laughs> He's a difference maker. Hour two is next. Baseball conversation. Matt Snyder clones with Nick Olson. Trent's plays of the day. Uh, that's what's coming up in the second hour. Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.